to you live from a little grass shack in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's the Junior Kekueva Jr. Show starring Junior Kekueva Jr. Join Junior along with the Wayne Borje Band as they make any kind from Hawaii. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Junior Kekueva Jr. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, man. man. It's a brand new day. Man, brand new day is a good, man. Brand new day. I woke up this morning and I said, Can't find it, Junior. That's why sometimes I talk to myself like that. I say, Can't find it, Junior. Man, you get <laughs> on podcast, Junior. What's up with that? So, well, you know, we never did believe we was going to get this kind of reaction. And one of the things we had to do was we had to get rid of all the other songs that never belong to us on the podcast. Because um, they said, bro, look at the numbers. Look at the kind of plays you're getting right now. And we went, look. And, and what I was kind of planning, right? And they go, you see all them plays? I said, yeah. You got to pay royalties for every play. Every single play. I'm like, whoa. Okay, then. We'll go, we'll go do our own stuff. So anyway, that was a, that was a song, the opening song. Uh, written by Mr. Wayne Borje. He did that for me years and years ago, but we never used him for anything. Uh, we was going to use him for a show, and he used to play that. He used to play that uh, that theme at the at the baby parties and weddings we used to do. So a lot of people heard the music before, but uh, they probably never know, you know, was was him. But that was Mr. Wayne Borje, and um, so it's called Junior's Theme. And we we only use him for the parties. We never we never we never did Dream Hawaiians. That one day. One day, right? Like Martin Luther King, bro. One day we would do a podcast. Bro, we never believed that. We got to thank Augie T for that. Augie T is the guy. Bro, Augie T. We was, we was in the studio with Augie T, right? We was with Augs. And, and, and you know, we were saying, hey, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Like, what, you know. He goes, bro, do a podcast. He goes, you know how many people know your name already? Not only here, but around the world. Because you was on Clear Channel, iHeartMedia. But you know how many guys know your name? <laughs> so I go, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, yeah, I just went chance them, you know. Because me, I got to think about stuff, right? So I, I went think a little bit, think a little while, right? Took me about, I think, took me about a couple months. Because, <laughs> hey, sometimes take me a long time. <laughs> like, a couple months took me. And I went, I went think about them. And then I go, oh, yeah, okay, okay, we'll go chance them. You know, then I go down the bank, pull out money, boom, invest in everything. Bro, we we paid the guys our first couple episodes, and uh, we brought in some heavy hitters, and we could do that again. We could do interviews, but you know we just never do them yet, and we do them, we never do them yet because you know, well we gotta we gotta build them first. You know what I'm saying? So so yeah, and we were very grateful. You know the kind the kind of response we got. I I never oh bro, I I never even think we was gonna do this. So we like to thank uh, the United Kingdom. Okay, that's uh, England, and uh, England, and uh, a couple of towns in England, Canada, Australia, South Africa, Germany, and Belgium. We gotta say mahalo to you guys in the United States. Um, so Hawaii is continuing to slip in the percentage, right? Because these other guys are pulling ahead. 
the, we, we have a growing audience in California. And uh, California, Texas, Texas is growing. Oh, Texas was 1%, and now they're 9%. 9% in Texas. So, uh, so California, Texas, Virginia, Montana, Nevada, Utah, Washington, New Jersey, Tennessee, Massachusetts, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. We'd like to say thank you to you guys. Mahalo. We're very grateful to you guys. And, you know, uh, so the, the Apple podcast is where most of the people are finding us, according to our stats. And, you know, our stats are accurate because, you know, they, they go off the cell phone. They read your cell phone, everything. Uh, they, they're not reading the information. Or anything. They just know when you're tuning in. So uh, Apple podcast, 75%. Spotify, 10%. So a lot of people getting us on Spotify. Anchor is 11% and then 4% uh, everybody else. So uh, Spotify mostly and Apple is where they're picking us up and Anchor. So we like to uh, we like to say mahalo, thank thank you to you guys, and uh, so yeah, so we you know we we was thinking right, we was thinking like, you know we, we was thinking about the the Hawaiian community and the Hawaiians, and you know like yes on yesterday's podcast you know we was talking about how how I work for the Hawaiian community for a little while, and and we always think about the Hawaiians, but you know there's so many ethnic groups over here in Hawaii. And I was lucky. I worked for three ethnic groups. Three ethnic groups. And, you know, when I worked for them, like, like was, was in radio. Was in radio. But then, but then, ah, it was good fun, man. And I tell you, there's nothing like, uh, there's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like doing ethnic stuff, you know, because people appreciate you. Well, almost, almost everybody. <laughs> well, okay, so, I mean, there's, there's some politics involved. There's some stuff involved, but... You know, the, the first one I went work for was Filipinos. <clears throat> Not too many people know this, but I was the first non-Filipino to have a Filipino radio show in Hawaii. And and was pretty successful. Bro, at, at nighttime, we pulled in the ratings from 8 to midnight. Monday through Friday, 8 to midnight, I was the guy. I was the I was the Kamasami Kong of the, of the Filipino community. Oh, man. Bro, it was good fun. You know? And and so so I wanted to share my experience with the Filipino community, and then and I'll go tell you guys about the Hawaiian community. But that that's not a podcast. That's another. That's a whole another animal. But <clears throat> what, what's really dear to my heart is the Filipino people, bro. Let me tell you. So so it started like this, right? Rory Wild. Okay, and I don't know if you guys know this, but Rory Wild is the godfather of hip hop in Hawaii. And I know you wouldn't think so, right? You wouldn't think that now he's not even on a hip-hop station, right? And you wouldn't think so. But this was an underground kind of stuff back in the day. He was on a small radio station, 1540 Kiss AM. It was a Filipino station. But at night, <clears throat> from 6 to midnight, right? It was it was like this underground hip-hop station, right? Heavy D and the boys, like all that kind of stuff, right? And so... So he and this was when when rap was just you know when when uh, hip hop was just coming out. So you had guys like Johnny J Jam and it, the Breakers, the Poppers, and all all these guys. And then Rory was playing the music, and he was playing the music on Kiss AM. And and so it was him and and this uh, lady Sharon Wally, right? And her name uh, on the radio was Auntie Loki. And so God, this is this is this is this is a, a underground movement kind of thing. So only if you was in the culture, you know, like now we get, everybody's divided up into, into the cliques, right? And everybody's in their genre, right? So, so the hip hop guys, they, they know where the hip hop is going down. 
<clears throat> was kind of like that. <clears throat> was kind of like that back then. And if you was in the hip hop scene or, or if that was your thing, you knew about Rory and you tuned in and you listened to the stuff. And and the record distributors would send him like the newest stuff and he would throw them on top. And and people would listen and they would they would get their the daily or, or nightly dose of, of that music, right? So I I happened to get a hold of Rory and um I was working at KORL and I was getting tired, I was getting burnt out, my voice was going uh, it was this go, go, go. And uh, right after I did wrestling, we talked about wrestling in the last podcast. And right after I did the wrestling thing, so I called Rory. I said, hey, get me in over there. I like, I like work with you guys. So Rory got me in and, uh, you know, he talked to the boss, Rick Manayan. And uh, so he hired me. So so I went over there and, you know, and I and right when I went over there, like like two months later, Rory goes, hey, bro, I got to go. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna manage rent to own. So, so this this jockey there at the time, uh, Tom Dancer, who is a legend, and I gotta tell you about him, but that's another podcast, okay? And then, so, so Roy goes, oh, I gotta go, I gotta go manage rent to own. So I go, oh, okay. So he went go manage rent to own, uh, Waipahu Rena Center, right? He went to work for Rena Center, and I was elevated to the position of uh, of program director. And and so a program director's job is, I mean, there's a lot of stuff involved. But basically, you supervise the disc jockeys, and then you know you do production, you do, I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And and you you actually put programming in place. You know what songs you gonna you pick the songs you gonna play and, and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, I started as a program director, and and my shift was still. Like evening time, right? Because that's when the English stuff came. So, the, so the, it was Filipino all day long, from four o'clock in the morning to six o'clock, and then it was English from six to midnight. So pretty soon, right? I started, you know, I, I started trying to, you know, pick up the the Filipino stuff. I was listening to the the programming and stuff, and then one day, uh, this this lady who was a institution in the Filipino commu- community, uh, Marlene Manzano, she got into a car accident. Thank God it wasn't too bad, but it kind of threw out her back a little bit. <clears throat> so she couldn't come into work. And so so uh, she was out for a little while, TDI kind, you know. And then so uh, so the, the, the station man, the station owner, right, he sat me down. He goes, hey, uh, how, would you, how would you feel if, if you were to uh, do Marlene's shift? You know, we could bring you in. And her shift was like 12 to 3, Monday through Friday. He goes, hey, we could bring you in, and you know, but you gotta play Filipino music, and you know, and 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 I was like, I was like, whoa, Filipino music, and and then so you know, uh, I, I was like, bro, they, they they gonna kill me. I I don't know how for the kind. They gonna show up with <laughs> they gonna show up with shotguns and stuff at the station, but I don't know how to do the kind of stuff. He goes, no, no, just try, just think about it, just think about it. Let me know. So I was thinking about it, right? And I go, whoa, that's spooky. Because, I mean, you know, if it was me, right? Because I know Hawaiian, you know, Hawaiian. If it was somebody butchering the Hawaiian language on one Hawaiian station, bro, some of the brothers would go down there and talk to the guy and go, bro, you should learn your stuff or you should not be on. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was thinking about them. I was going, ah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. So I was thinking about them and I thought about them for two days. And then I went back. And I said, okay, uh, you know, I, I'm the program uh, program director, and, and uh, 
I gotta say one good example, and and to me, it's about the team and and whatever is needed. So yeah, I would take the shift, and I, and I told him, and so he said, okay, well, just you know, take the so the next day I was on the radio from twelve to three, and I was playing these Filipino songs. I did not know how to pronounce half of the songs in there, you know, and so the the thing that the beautiful thing that happened was the people started teaching me. Right, and I and they knew. I, I guess they knew. You you know the the thing is that when you when your heart is in something, people know, right? You know, people know. They they know when you when you approach things with a good heart and good intentions, right? They know, and it's very hard for them to deny that. I mean, you know, because I mean, uh, right right down the line, uh, everything from from your job to 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 your your family to. Even your chicks, if you, you know that kind of stuff. I mean, your chicks will be forgiving if they know you get on good heart. A lot of times, chicks don't like good hearts. They don't like, you know, they like them bad boys, whatever. And to a certain degree, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like that. But then, but then, you know, uh, the good heart kind of exposes itself once in a while. And, you know, and it kind of gets you through. It kind of gets you through life a little bit easier. So they knew that I was trying. And and they would call up, and this lady call up. You know, she goes, "Oh, oh, Junior, you know what you gotta do? You gotta say, uh, magandang tang halipo sa yung lahat mga kaibigan." And I'm like, "What? Okay, okay, magandang M A N." Bruh, she she walked me through everything. I wrote everything down, right? Wrote them down, <clears throat> and I started learning Tagalog, the national language of the Philippines. And so I, you know, but most of the people here, I found out uh, at the time, you know, they they were uh, Ilocano. Because they come from Ilocos Norte, Ilocos Sur, they come from the country. So these guys are like, you know, they're like, uh, they, they're out in the country, they're not city people. The city people, is, you know, they speak Tagalog, right? And so, so they, they would always tell me, bro, if you like hear the real Tagalog, you gotta go listen to the, the Philippine Airlines stewardesses, right? And, and we used to see them come in Dae. Every time I went down Dae, right? And, and funny thing, my, my fiance at the time used to work at Dae. So I used to hang out and pretty soon, hey, here's the Philippine Airlines stewardesses. So I used to follow him in the store just to listen to him talk. Oh, bro, it was unreal. And in the, the, the kind of, the kind of Tagalog they speak, bro, it is like to the T's, to the nines, bro. I mean, awesome. So anyway, <clears throat> so I start learning Tagalog and everything, you know. Magandang tanghalipo sa inyong lahat, mga kaibigan. That's like lunchtime, right? And then, then the morning, you know, uh, magandang umaga po sa inyong lahat, mga kaibigan. Then at nighttime, magandang gabi po sa inyong lahat, mga kaibigan. Pretty soon, I start speaking Filipino, right? I start speaking Tagalog. And and my Tagalog, you know, is limited. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not fluent, but I can speak Taglish. So I can mix the Tagalog with English and communicate with almost any Filipino. And so that was that was so cool for me, right? So I started learning this thing, bro. The Filipino people treated me like a god, like a king, bro. They, you know, they 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 saw that I was interested in, oh, bro. And they used to bring food. I mean, one time I was on the radio, right? And I was just joking around, and I said, oh, I cannot wait for midnight because I go home eat, man, I'm hungry. And then pretty soon the the doorbell rang, right? We had on we had on buzzer. So the thing went, man, you know, from the front door. But that was in the office. In the studio, the light would go on because you cannot make noise, right? So a light would come on. And I saw the light come on. I answered the door. And it was this guy, Alex. And he had on hamburger steak plate from Zippy's. He goes, oh, Manong, I heard you're hungry. 
and he he brought hamburger steak. I was like, whoa! So these guys, I mean, they turned me on to all kinds. They they taught me about the food. They taught me about the language. Pretty soon, I had on Filipino cheek. Pretty soon, I had two, three Filipino cheeks. But this other Filipino, and then this other Filipino chick used to come stay with me at the radio station and the kind in between songs, smoker and smoker and honey. You, you know what I mean? But it was it was the the you know for my personal years. It was the best personal years of my life. You know, for, for my professional years, it wasn't too good because I was on this small little Filipino station out in the middle of the desert. So so on the radio dial, right, you get you get 59 a.m., which is KSSK, right? On the FM dial, you get 92.3. So KSSK is like the first on a dial. Well, well, one of the first. They're not the first, but one of the first. And all the main stations was all grouped together. So, so, you know, you go down from KSSK, you get, you get the Q, you, I mean, you know, boom, 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 right down the line. 1540 AM, first of all, was on AM, okay? Then 1540 is all the way at the end of the dial. So basically, I was out in the desert, right? Professionally, I was out in the middle of nowhere. But I tell you, those Filipinos took care of me. Bro, they took care of me. I mean, anything, anything and everything. And they, they took care of me. And, and, you know, I met some, some of the most interesting people. And these people are highly educated. I mean, you know, you, you guys, I mean, people make fun of Filipinos. You know, we make fun of the accent. We make fun of, you know, stuff. But, bro, these people are educated. A lot of these guys, when they come from the Philippines, right, they receive like three to four times more education than Americans, right? But because they're not, you know, accredited schools and whatever, they got to come over here and they got to go through school all over again. Like if they want to be a nurse or a doctor or something. But these guys, they're, they're highly educated in the Philippines. I mean, I was surprised. So pretty soon, right, I, I had on Filipino fiancé. And we started, you know, she started coming over the radio station. And, and then pretty soon we, we got together and pretty soon we got engaged. And I mean, bro, I mean, <laughs> went through this whole thing, right? So, and I got to tell you guys, bro, I gotta, okay, I'm going to tell you guys about the engagement and what happened, okay? So in the Filipino community, there's a very high respect factor, okay? And, and respect runs very high in the family. And one thing you don't do is answer back your parents. You don't answer back your parents, your, your elders, basically your elders, right? You don't answer back. And there's a term for, <clears throat> for every level of elder, okay? So, I mean, you know, there's, there's a term of respect for people older than you, and then your aunties, your uncles, your grandparents, your mom, your dad. It, it just kind of goes on like that. And, and some, of the, uh, some of the terms is kind of interesting. Some of the terms are not gender-specific. Okay, in in other words, if you're talking about if you're talking about somebody, you, you you don't say him. They don't have a word for him, her, or or you know that kind of thing for for gender. They just have one word, and they use it for either or, right? So I mean, uh, yeah, it, it is really cool. But so so a lot of that stuff, right? But they get the respect stuff. So they had the respect system, whatever. So so here's how here's what happened when I got engaged, right? So I started going with this girl, and and she was she was just uh, she was just graduating high school at the time. I was young too, you know. I was in my twenties, and she was graduating high school, and we got together, and and pretty soon, you know, we started we started going out places. Like you know, she graduated high school, and we started going out places. We started going around and whatever, and so pretty soon, um, the brothers, um, her brothers, right, saw us cruising in the car one day. 
And, uh, you know, <laughs> and then, I mean, that kind of started it all. And then pretty soon it was like, hey, you know, did you know that uh, sister is going with this guy? And and so, you know, th- this whole thing, right? I mean, it, it's uh, it was a little family drama kind of thing. And I think part of it was because I wasn't Filipino, right? You know, and these guys, they're all Filipino, right? And there was this guy in the Philippines that she was supposed to, you know, because uh, they they was trying to hook her up with him, but she never, she never liked him. But they was trying to hook her up, and so so there's a whole thing with what I'm not gonna get into it. But there's a whole thing that they do, and and they hook you up with another family. Then that family is obligated to that family, and then they bring them into the United States, you know that kind of thing. But but anyway, so so also we wasn't like that, and then so so pretty soon, right? We've been going together for a while, and. Um, and and the and the family was like, okay, we gotta meet this guy, right? So um, it came down to the point where there was, there was really upset with her, and she was telling she was telling me everything. She was telling me everything that went down step by step by step, and I told her, no worries, I'm gonna be there for you, you know, I'm gonna be there for you, no worries, and, you know, I'm not I'm not just doing this and the kind, this going this, you know, we are we gonna get married, we're gonna do all this stuff, and and you know happily ever after whatever right so so she so it gets to the point where she calls me one day she goes my dad wants to talk to you and i'm like whoa okay and the father like talk to me right so but you know in my heart right for me it's her so i go in and i went when i got there to the house right the whole family was there i mean the whole family was there okay so so the whole family was so I, I sat down in the living room. I think it was the bravest thing I ever did because I think I could have got shot or stabbed or something. But uh, nah, 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 I just kidding. But but no. But it was it was you know it's it, when, when you're young, yeah. You gotta take a stand sometimes, and you gotta be a man. And that was that was one of the one of the markers I think in my life when I had to be a man and and assume that you know that man role, right? So I came came down, I sat in the living room, had all these guys, and the father was sitting right in front, and the father said, the father looked at me, he says, you love my daughter? I said, yes. And and I addressed him by his name, I don't like to say the family name, but I, I said, yes, Mr. So-and-so. And and he's, he looked around, he goes, okay. He goes, do you intend to marry my daughter? I said, yes, Mr. So-and-so. Without blinking, but I, I looked him dead in the eye. I said, yes, Mr. So-and-so. He said, okay. He said, all right. He looked around, you know, and then they, they, they was talking, and they was talking in their like So every time I gave an answer, right, the room would erupt in this language that I did not understand. And it wasn't Tagalog. It wasn't Ilocano. It was Pangasinan, right? And these guys, oh, they can speak fast, right? And so they, they talk his story, they talk his story. And so pretty soon... You know, they, they, he just asking me questions like where I'm from, you know, what I do for a living, what, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I didn't do much for a living at the time. I was doing rent to own. I was doing radio station, uh, you know. So, I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't a million dollars, a hundred thousand a year or anything like that. But, you know, it was OK. And um, so so pretty soon after the whole thing was over, you know, I shook his hand. And and um, I remember the wife was looking at me like she wanted to kill me. The mom, right? She looked at me like she wanted to kill me. But but anyway, so and then I left. 
a few days later, right? She calls me, um, and and she calls she calls me, and she said, uh, oh, "We got actually after that meeting, we got engaged." So I I went out and I bought the ring for her, and and we got engaged, and then and then she went home, and when they saw the ring, they knew stuff was serious, and and they told her, and that, now from the time I went down. To the, the few days they went by, she never talked to them. She never speak one word. And they always, there was work in her that was going in the room. And they're, come on, tell me, is it him or us? I mean, making her make one decision, right? So it was either me or the family. And she never answered. And she, I mean, for days, bro, like for three, four days, she never answered. Finally, I got her the ring, everything. So we was engaged. And, uh, that and that was that was kind of funny too, cause when they saw the ring, they went panic out. They go, "Oh, oh, this is for real, right?" And then, so, so what they did, they told her, "Well, the the father told her, well, yeah, you know, if you go marry him, then you 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 gotta see what it's like to be married. So you might as well go live with him now." So he kicked her out, and and she calls me and she's crying. She goes, "My father just kicked me out." I said, "That's all right. Go put all your stuff in a bag, and and again, I'll come in. I'm picking you up." And I went down and I picked her up. And and all her stuff was, you know, a garbage bag, right? And I picked her up. And, and you know, and from that time for the next eight years, um, every everything was good until the, the engagement had to be uh, broken. And and that's another story for another podcast. But but I just tell you, but but that was that was a real heavy scene, right? And and it took a it took a lot of guts and commitment. And and you gotta have that kind. I mean, you know, if you're gonna get engaged to somebody or you serious about somebody, you just gotta go, Hawaiians. Especially you younger guys. You know, you, you guys gotta go. You know, whenever whenever I've told a woman that, yeah, me and you, yeah, we're going, yeah, we're gonna do this, you know, I always go. You know? And and till today, till today. You know, right now there's there's somebody and I you know, and, and I say some things and, and I mean what I say. You know, and and she's finding out that oh yeah, this guy he mean what he say. You know, and sometimes that can be spooky because you know, if if you're not on the level, then you are gonna get scared, right? If you're not if you're not all in, then yeah, you gonna you gonna panic. But if you're not, then you're gonna appreciate honesty and integrity and and commitment. You know, and and I was committed, and and so that. But that's that's a story of the Filipino community and the and the the radio you know my the, my radio stuff that I did and and that era uh of my life which was actually the best personal years of my life and I stayed in Filipino radio for quite a few years for about uh I think it was about uh 6 7 years I stayed in Filipino radio and then I had to leave cuz I had to I had to get back on track and I had to do my music and you know and the rest as they say is history but that was a good break in my life that was the best, re- most rewarding personal years. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about Filipino people. And guess what? This is the law of attraction again. Okay? So I'm going to tell you guys, this is the law of attraction. Because when I built my businesses years later, I didn't I didn't build my businesses till years later. <clears throat> I mean, we started a production company, but not not the, you know, not not the school and, and all, all the stuff like that. But when we started the school and we came... And we, and we built one physical location. Guess who showed up? Yep. All the Filipinos. They all showed up. And then when we had to do baby parties and weddings and stuff, guess who showed up? Yep. Filipinos. Okay. But these Filipinos that came and they were our customers. 
they didn't know I was on the radio. Maybe a handful of them, maybe a small little, you know, maybe two, three, five of them, maybe. But but most of these guys, I mean, this was way after. This was way after those years. But these guys, they came out and they supported. So that's the law of attraction because, you know, you know, when somebody knows you like them, or somebody knows that you you are on, you know, you're like you're down with them, you know, like like for for example, when Filipinos know you like them, when Hawaiians know you like them. I mean anybody, right? When they know you like them, oh they're gonna they're gonna receive you well, right? They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna support you too. And that's what happened. You know, and, and you know, I I I spoke Filipino a little bit on the radio over the years with Royal Wild and, and greeted people and stuff like that. And and it was really fun to be the the first non Filipino, you know, uh DJ doing a Filipino program. It was really cool. And and what was what was really cool uh in addition to that was the fact that I was the program director, so I taught a lot of Filipino people how to be disc jockeys in a day, like radio personalities. And and that was really satisfying too because I changed the the face of radio in the Filipino community because now these guys was like doing stuff. And you know, I told them when when I became program director, one of the things that I I was really happy about was they was playing American music, right? And they was playing Filipino in between. They was going back and forth, and I changed the programming. And I told them, no, you know what? If if you guys, because they was trying to speak English, right? And that, that was kind of funny too. And I told them, no, if you guys are Ilocano, speak Ilocano. You guys are Tagalog, speak Tagalog. And I got the station owner to approve playing majority of Filipino music and only playing, playing four English songs an hour. That's it. 10 after, 20 after, 40 after, 50 after. That was it. That was the American music. Everything else was Filipino. And so we made the programming more Filipino. And I think the, the, the Filipinos had more respect for me because they go, oh, this guy's, this guy's uh, American and he, he's making his place more Filipino. I mean, you know, and, and they, they, it, was, it was so cool. They, they taught me all kinds of stuff. I mean, they, they taught me how to do business the Filipino way. You know, you go into a Filipino store, bro, they do everything, right? They do everything. They, they don't only do one thing. I mean, you can go into a Filipino store and you can buy, you can buy products, you can buy nail polish, you can get, you can get DVDs with Filipino comedies and movies on top, right? And you can send money to the Philippines, get money remittance, get, I mean, everything, travel, you can, you can, you can book on flight to the Philippines, everything in one small Filipino store. They get everything. You know, so they and so I learned a lot about business from Filipinos. I learned a lot about uh, about culture, all this stuff, and and that was that was the most rewarding time for me, Hollins. So so that you know that experience really helped me grow. And I think if you ever get a chance, Hollins, cousins, you ever get a chance to go and do something ethnic, you know, like like get into somebody else's culture, get into somebody else's stuff. You know, and learn their way of doing things, learn their way of thinking, learn their language, learn their customs. Bruh, that's the best thing you guys can do. Because if it if it's one thing, Hawaiians, bruh, if, if you know, if if it's one thing, right, then it uh, oh, ah, God, funny boy. Okay, I got I gotta go. But if it's one if it's one thing, bruh, it's gonna expand your horizons, bruh. Because you're not just gonna be ma to your stuff, you know? You're not gonna be just you're not going to know just your stuff. You're going to know other stuff, too. Hey, the podcast is being brought to you by Island Club and Spa. Also, Voice Master Enterprises and AFMHawaiiMusic.com. Featuring the music of Darren Chinen. He's on iTunes. 
Uh, pretty soon, Reef Robinson coming on board, and uh, yeah, we almost fought with his project. Hey, till next time, I'm Ginny Keiko Weber Jr. Aloha, we see you guys. All right. Hey, hold it down, cousins. Hold it down. Hold it down. Hold it down. Right, this guy is tight. I'm going to draw you guys out.